please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you, as we do whenever we come together, to be here in our midst this morning. And we trust that you are here among us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit. Going to attempt to be short and sweet this morning. It's dark, it's hot, there's kids around. Um, but we have a reading that's sort of perfect um, for all of us kids. I don't know about you guys, maybe you kids can tell me better than the parents can. But in my house, with my kids, clean and dirty are a big deal. It's something that we talk about a lot, whether something is clean or not. I watched a uh, TV series recently called How We Got to Now. And one whole episode was about the concept of clean and how when human, humans, humans, when humans figured out how important cleanliness was and how to actually achieve it, how the entire culture of humanity changed just like that. And this morning in our reading, we have Jesus talking about the difference between clean and unclean. And you all know about this, right? Well, like I said, this is a topic of conversation in my house all the time. How long can a piece of food stay on the floor before it makes the transition from clean to unclean? And are there different kinds of floors? Are there any floors that make something unclean immediately? Like hospital floors or restroom floors? Are there certain foods, delicious ones like candy and cookies, for which you're willing to tolerate a slightly higher level of unclean than you might tolerate otherwise? Is a piece of candy on the street cleaner or less clean than a Brussels sprout on the kitchen counter? I leave, I leave the answer to you. We, we parents are always yelling at our kids to wash their hands and have a shower. Please, dear God, have a shower. But why? To be clean. Clean is a big deal. And as it turns out, clean was a big deal in Jesus' time too, but for a slightly different reason. Now to us today, being clean is basically nothing more than a way to avoid getting sick. We want to be clean so we can stay healthy. But for religious people in Jesus' time, clean was also part of how to be acceptable to God. See, they understood that God was perfect and holy and pure. And people, they knew, were dirty and imperfect and sinful. And so they figured that in order to get to God, dirty people had to clean themselves up. And that's what the religious life was all about. Getting clean so that you could get to God. And that's the situation in which we find Jesus and his disciples with the Pharisees and scribes in our reading. Some Pharisees are watching Jesus with his disciples and they notice something gross. Jesus isn't making his disciples wash their hands. He's letting them eat with unclean hands. The problem, though, for them is worse than just risking the disciples getting sick. Because remember, God, who is pure and holy, wants his people to be pure and holy too. 
So for the Pharisees and the scribes, Jesus is actually doing something incredibly crazy. He's not helping his followers get to God. By not making them clean themselves up, he's actually preventing them from getting closer to God. So they confront him. They say, hey, what are you doing? I thought you were a religious leader. I thought you were a religious teacher. Why are you doing this? And when confronted, Jesus says something absolutely incredible. Something that changes everything. Here's what Jesus says. Listen to me, all of you, and understand, right? He's getting their attention. What I'm about to say is important. Listen to me, all of you. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, can make them dirty. But the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder. He goes through this awful list of things. And he says that those evil things come from within. And they are what defile a person. They are what make a person dirty. So if you think in terms of clean and dirty. Terms that even our youngest congregants will understand. Clean and dirty. Jesus is saying there's nothing you can put in your mouth. That will make you dirty. Now stop and think about that for a second. Nothing you can put in your mouth that will make you dirty, at least in the eyes of God. There's nothing you can touch that will make you dirty. That piece of candy that's been in the shag carpeting under your sofa for six months, go ahead. Knock yourself out. It's not going to make you dirty. And why? Because what makes you dirty is your heart, your secret thoughts, your hidden feelings. That's why you're dirty. Now, I get it. That's a little unpleasant. That's sort of hard to hear. It's comforting to think of ourselves as pure and to think of all the dirt as out there. If we're careful, if we listen to our parents... We can avoid it. We want to be able to get credit for the good decisions we've made in our lives, right? We didn't eat the shag carpet candy. We volunteered at a soup kitchen. We denied ourselves or we obeyed. We'd like to imagine that we could come to the end of the day and have God say to us, You know what? You don't need a shower today. Don't wash your hands. You've done well. And you're just fine the way you are. But unfortunately for human people like you and me, Jesus doesn't seem to care about our outsides at all. Remember when he called some of these same Pharisees whitewashed tombs? He's saying that they look all pretty and clean on the outside, but on the inside they're full of death and decay. And uncleanness. You know what I'm talking about. How often have you thought of yourself as a whitewashed tomb, looking all nice on the outside, but full of those hidden things that you don't tell anybody about? That thing that, if anyone knew, 
would mean that you'd never have any friends again, ever. That's the thing that makes you unclean. Now hearing this, we get distressed, just like the Pharisees. If the problem is in here and not out there, how are we going to get to God? How are we going to wash our hands enough? How are we going to shower enough to get to God? How are impure people like you and me going to become acceptable to a pure and holy almighty God? The reason, remember, that the Pharisees are mad at Jesus is that he's not helping his followers get to God. If they would just wash their hands, if they would just do the things that God wants them to do, then they could climb one more rung up the ladder. They'd be a little closer to God than they would be otherwise. But Jesus is having none of it because Jesus isn't helping his followers get to God by telling them how to climb a ladder. He's telling his followers that he is God who has come down a ladder to them. The problem, Jesus knows, isn't out there. An instruction manual isn't going to help. Good advice isn't going to be enough. Encouragement isn't going to get the job done. Cleanliness, goodness, righteousness, These things cannot be attained. There is no shower hot enough. Cleanliness, goodness, and righteousness must be given. And in Christ, they have been. This is the gospel. Jesus doesn't wait for us to get clean. He gives his cleanliness to us. He takes our sinfulness onto himself and gives his goodness to us. And so now, because of Christ's gift to you, when God looks at you, a miracle happens. He doesn't actually see you, the dirty you that you hide away. That you is gone. God looks at you And sees his son. He sees a new you. A new creation. A forgiven you. A redeemed you. A clean you. Clean. Today. Tomorrow. And forever. On account of Christ. Amen.